0: Welcome to the Strength Rehab Podcast. Join your hosts, Raul Axmayer and Brandon Parker, as they discuss the latest information regarding the health and fitness industries. Topics include sports performance, physical rehab, and of course, general health. Remember, this is the podcast where science meets practice.
1: What's up, guys? Thank you for tuning in. We had an awesome conversation with Mark. He's a strength coach and a doctor of physical therapy student.
2: Yeah, it was a really down-to-earth conversation. You can really pick up some tips along the way, and you can really meet who Mark really is. Enjoy.
1: Go ahead and introduce yourself.
0: Hey, my name is Mark Manera. I am a physical therapy student and also the owner of New World Training and Rehab. Um, I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. I go to physical therapy school at a small school in St. Louis uh, called Maryville University. And uh, I like lifting weights. <laughs> what made you start the New World Training and Rehab? Yeah, so I was coaching at a gym, um, a small barbell gym. And they had, we were bored training one day. And then I went into, I think, the closet or something. And there was a, a tripod and a camera. And I see all these people on Instagram making videos. And I'm like, I can do this. So I jumped on and I, I think it was one of the worst videos <laughs> anyone has ever posted on the internet. But I, uh, I I think it was something about squatting or keeping the bar over the middle of your foot or something like that. And so I, I posted a, a video and I was like, okay, I think I can do this. I can do this. I, you know I was in undergrad, so I had all the time in the world uh, so I just started making videos, 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 trying to put out uh, three or four a week, and then it—I got super passionate about the online stuff. Um, and so I actually, about six months ago, decided to quit my job uh, as a coach. And then I was like, you know what? I've always had this entrepreneurial tendencies and uh, kind of drive, so I'm going to start my own online thing. So ever since then start a new world training and rehab doing all online strength and conditioning and then uh once I graduate that's probably going to shift into some rehab stuff too. Nice. That's awesome. So
2: what would you say like I mean everyone when they start a business they want to offer some kind of unique service or just be the thing that stands out. What do you think what what changes your mindset or what makes your mindset stand out amongst the rest?
0: Yeah, so I am huge on, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to have that coaching client relationship. And I don't want to just say, Hey, here's the Excel sheet, run it. I'll see you in four weeks. I I really want to, Hey, we're going to talk. I want to, how's it going? How's life outside the gym? How is, how's the training? How do you like it? Do you like, what aspects do you like? What aspects don't you like? And I just want to have a conversation with you and, um, be more than just a oh check your email your your program's in the inbox because I don't I don't think that's coaching personally right. um, so I I think just fun personality nice keep it simple and stick to the basics we don't have to do anything crazy mm-hmm. um, goal oriented and uh, have that coaching relationship
2: I mean most people don't realize but the things that you're mentioning affect the program. Like a, a lot, you know, If somebody's having a bad day or they're just not adapting to the program, you need to know that. you can't you know if you have no clue, you're just sending out this Excel sheet with no communication, they're gonna they're gonna bomb out, you know yeah.
0: yeah, and that's a huge thing. especially you know what, especially with the online stuff. Well, first off, I think when you're coaching someone online, you automatically are more likely than not skimming uh, or like cutting out a lot of people who don't aren't super motivated. Because Mm -hmm. most people, you know, if they're going to work out, they need some motivation. And that means they need someone there with them or they need to go to the gym with a group of people. So I, from my experience, I'm already working with some motivated people. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean that every day they wake up jumping and ready and excited to go to the gym every day. But, uh, I think that when there's that communication, when you're talking about, Hey, what things do you really like? What things don't you really like? What are your goals? you're communicating saying, okay, you have this goal. Here's what we're doing to work towards that goal. And I think that I've just seen that helps so much with adherence and Mm -hmm. people being excited to train. Huge, huge. Do you like
2: to program with percentages, RPE? (laughs) How how do you do that?
0: Yeah. So the first thing when I sit down with a client, uh, I kind of talk about their training history see what they see what they like i i really like rpe or rate of perceived exertion mm-hmm. um and i i try to work everyone into that if they don't have any experience what i do is i'll train i'll program a percentage-based program i'll do mm-hmm. percentages and then we'll start with i'll say hey after every set, I want you just in your head or on your notebook, or I use an app called Trainerize. So in Trainerize, I just want you to make a note. How many reps did you think you had left in the tank? Mm-hmm. We'll run that for a couple weeks. You know, at first they're nowhere near, uh, they have no clue. And then it's yeah. like, okay, practice, practice, practice. Right. I'm getting pretty good at this. And then from there, I'll be like, hey, so there's this concept called RPE. Send them an article you know, read this, let's have a conversation and then slowly introduce it. And then I, the second step I do is I still don't. So there's two ways you can do RPE. There's, you can uh, prescribe it or describe your sense. Mm-hmm. So you can either say, Hey, I want you to do five reps at an eight RPE. Or you can say, Hey, I want you to do five reps at 80%. And then I want you to describe how that set went mm-hmm. with RPE. So then, the second step I use is I say, "Hey, we're gonna do. I want you to just describe each set with RPE, and just kind of work towards that. And, and eventually, uh, if they like it, they feel good, which most people really like that auto regulation. Mm-hmm. Um, I use and I program with RPE. I still sometimes will put. Uh, I still sometimes will put uh, either um, percentages or." if they're not really understanding the RPE as well, or it's just like, Hey, I'm trying to do this, but I've got an hour in the gym. And when I, it takes me 20 minutes to figure out what RPE is and it just doesn't match." So what I'll do is I'll just run basically uh, not super strict, but linear progressions and then say, Hey, this set should feel like a seven or an eight. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, Let's communicate, and then um, let's. We're gonna change it up next week. If it's like, hey, that turned into a ten and a half.
1: I, you know, I was grinding
0: and shit myself uh, that set. You know, so that that uh, I I really like, especially with the people who aren't, um, you know, power lifters or super competitive people. I've seen the uh, programming linear progressions with then describing how that set went with rpe working really really well
2: so when it comes to uh programming like what we like to do is we have this um we have this table already set up it's it's pretty known on online um basically what they do is they'll put in their target rpe and Mm -hmm. their known uh working max and it will give them a working range and that's kind of cuts down the time to do because yeah. like, you know I've seen it I've done it myself where it's like all right it's been 40 minutes I'm still not at my first target rep or tar- target set you know
0: yeah that's awesome yeah well uh, do you use the one uh, from Mike Teixeira uh, I believe so okay yeah 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 I've seen that too and that's also a good thing too um I think it's super helpful if you give someone hey on your best day it should be around here on your worst day it should be around here right. maybe meet somewhere in the middle that definitely helps too
1: yeah, that that's what we love about rpe it's the auto regulation because if we're being honest people that program with percentages think that the progress is going to be linear but we know that there's just days that everything feels 100 pounds heavier and there's also sure. days that everything feels light and you can go up so yeah. the rpe like you you have some space to work and like
0: up regulate or down regulate i completely agree yeah i think um it's, it's just that first barrier of learning it. And then once mm-hmm. you learn it, it's like, okay, wow, where has this been the rest of my whole life? You know. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, I say RP is a learned skill. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And it takes time and practice. When it
2: comes to – so we always talk about like when we're, we're prescribing for athletes or programming for athletes, we're always making these movements uh, oriented towards what they're doing on the field or on the court, right? Mm-hmm. But what are we doing for the general pop? What is the exercises you're throwing at them?
0: Yeah, so first off, uh, as long as, you know, let's just assume we're not, ta- you know, we're both in uh, the rehab, you know, going towards, it. let's just say general pop, healthy people, we're not even right. talking about injuries or anything like that. Yep. That shifts my whole conversation to what are your goals in the gym or just in general. So if their goal is, hey, I saw a video of someone squatting 315, that would be really awesome we're going to work towards that goal. Um, Mm -hmm. And that that's going to mean the exercise variations. I pick the exercises. I pick the ranges uh, or the rep ranges. The intensities are all oriented towards, Hey, I want to squat three fifteen. So I'm doing, uh, you know, we're going to squat. We have to be specific to that movement. We're going to do other, you know, watching videos and stuff like that, breaking down uh, their technique as in saying, Hey, you know, this person collapses at the bottom. Okay. You might be beneficial. You might benefit from some tempo work. So your, your lighter squat variation this week is, or this block is going to be tempo squats. And we're going to really focus on controlling down to the bottom Mm -hmm. and controlling the movement the whole way. Oh, wow. That's really transferring to my competition or my main squat for the week. Awesome. And then kind of just switching up the variations, rep schemes and working towards those goals. Now, when someone's goal is, hey, I want to be able to play with my kids and just be healthy, then the uh, exercise variation, you know, that spectrum of what exercise I pick opens up. Oh, yeah. And I'm sticking with a lot more, uh, I'm trying to still stick with big compound lifts just because mm-hmm. I think you get the biggest bang for your buck. And I think, you know, I'm going to th- functional. The most functional, uh, you know, when you look at movements that people are trying to do, they pick things up, they squat down. Um, I just like those big compound lifts. So I'll stick with that. And then that's also a conversation of, hey, you've probably been to the gym before because you're not going to hire an online coach if you're a new person, more likely than that. What do you like or what do you enjoy doing? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's put that in and let's put it in an, an intelligent way um, so that, you know, you don't wake up tomorrow and have to stay in your bed because you're super sore, you know. Right.
2: When it when it comes to uh, putting in different exercises and variations, do you have a typical time limit of where you cycle in and out specific exercises?
0: Yeah. So I. So okay. So there's kind of two options here. So most of the time, just because I'm doing four week blocks mm-hmm. with my clients, and that's just business wise, it just makes sense to say, hey, we're going to pay yep. monthly. We're going to run four week blocks. So most of the time I'm running a very, some type of variation and the rep scheme and intensity or RPE can change throughout that. But I'm running that for four weeks. Mm -hmm. If after that block, you know, we're doing the end of the block review and they're like, dude, I'm loving this variation. It's killing it. I feel like I've got 30 more pounds in the tank. I'm going to be like, sweet. We're just Mm -hmm. going to run that to the next block. Mm-hmm. most of the time that's around the time where they're like, Hey, I'm ready for something different. So we'll just shift it to either another variation that attacks that component of the same lift, mm-hmm. or we'll say, Hey, okay, we're, we've underloaded the squat. Now let's do a variation that overloads the squat. So doing something like, uh, well a bench press would be a great example would be like instead you know going from a long pause which would be like an underloading lift Mm -hmm. to a overloading which would be maybe a touch and go or a pin squat two inches off the chest right right right
1: yeah do you prescribe or recommend (laughs) any sort of cardio
0: health exercise yeah a hundred percent so the uh uh Physical activity guidelines for Americans. I'm sure you guys are familiar with that. Um, when I, especially the general public, but if you're a competitive powerlifter, there's so many benefits from being in shape. Oh my gosh. You can recover better. You can, don't have to rest five minutes between your, you know, 30 minutes between your sets. You can get ready and you can get more done in the same amount of training time. Uh, you know, you can just not, for the general public, you're not tired after walking up a flight of stairs, and just the 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 diseases and um, general health that we can combat from people doing cardiorespiratory and just conditioning, and along with general strength and conditioning, is just so huge. Uh, especially when you look at like the top ten list of uh, biggest mortality things yep. that cause mortality. Yep. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So many of them. Not that we can, not that we can prevent them, but we can really help people yep. um, with decreasing the risk. Oh yeah. If we just get these people to follow the roast recommendations, which is, I believe, uh, 150 to 300 minutes a week of moderate intensity oh, yeah. aerobic training, right. and then if you do vigorous or more intense, it's about so 75, 75, 75, yeah. 75 to 150. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what I do is, uh, I, this has worked really well and I've actually personally, uh, changed this because when I started all this lifting stuff, I was super hardcore into the starting strength stuff. I don't know how much Mm -hmm. you guys know about starting strength, but Mm -hmm. you know, no, you don't need conditioning. You're going to get strong squat bench, deadlift, overhead press, nothing. You don't need anything else. Oh, you want to put on weight, all this other stuff. So it's been a really shift. From, I went from doing CrossFit and all of this stuff to doing like, you know, very mm-hmm. conditioning based mm-hmm. to starting strength stuff where, you know, I gained a bunch of weight. I got really strong, but I uh, didn't look and feel that great. So <laughs> now I'm back into like, okay, hey, maybe that end of the spectrum. We need to push it back. You know, big compound lifts are huge, but people need to do conditioning too. So uh, what I've been doing, and I've, I've used this with my clients too, is I start off uh, if they are just a general strength and conditioning person and don't have, like, hey, I have a powerlifting meet in three weeks. Uh, I start them off with 10 minutes of just moderate intensity aerobic training. They do their lifts and the workout with 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So that puts them at Mm -hmm. 20 minutes. If they would train four or five times a week, that's a huge start to that. And, And my also goal is that other, you know, Outside of the gym, they're wanting to, you know, stay active and do something too. So um, that's just a really good way to uh, start the ball towards those uh, baseline physical activity guidelines. So
1: so outside of the gym people, quote unquote gym people, why do you think general population doesn't, doesn't exercise or do not do the goal of the American sport of sports medicine college? I mean, we know. The importance of exercise, and we know the impact it has on health. So why do you think people don't do it? Because I don't remember the exact percentage. I don't know if it's eight or eighteen. Only eight or eighteen percent of people actually do the guidelines, and like eighty percent or ninety percent do not.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a huge question. Uh, yeah. I think if I had the exact answer, I uh I'd be. A little bit further in my career, and I'd have a, I'd have a would <laughs> be a little bit more successful. <laughs> but uh, at this point, but I think the first thing it comes to is I think people are busy. Life hits, and all of a sudden they wake up. They've got all these things they're working, and then it's seven o'clock at night, and they're tired and want to eat and uh, don't feel like going to the gym. I think the other aspect of it is people don't really know what they're don't really know what to do Mm -hmm. uh, and they're also intimidated. So uh, I think finding ways that we can break those barriers and make it super easy and uh, make it say, you know, find ways that these people can adhere to something. And I'm actually giving a talk uh, in the end of February uh, to a bunch of people, just the general public. And um, what I'm going to suggest is just, Hey, Find an exit or an activity that you enjoy doing and that you feel comfortable doing. So if that for like 99% of people, it's walking, mm-hmm. right? Walking or riding a bike. Okay. Start doing that. Start doing it three times a week for 20 minutes or whatever is easy for you to adhere to. And on your calendar or on a piece of paper, check it off when you do it so you can physically see how well you're doing. Okay. You're doing that consistently for a week. Let's just slowly build on that, and let's either – we can do it this way, okay? We can either say we're going to stick with three days a week. Now you're going to do it for 30 minutes, or we're going to – 20 minutes seems awesome. Uh, I have a fourth day. I can do it. Okay, we're going to do four days a week at 20 minutes. And I think it's the building the habits that is huge and and the behavior change things, which uh, I'm not a psychologist, but I think when it comes to the rehab field and also strength and conditioning – The behavior change is huge, and that's a huge component of our uh, whole career, you know? Oh, yeah.
2: When when it comes to building a habit, what you said was beautiful was um, have them physically check it off. When they physically check it off, you're giving them a mental small win. They feel like they're actually getting something done. Um, We know that, well, from what I've been reading, habits are self-reinforcing. So the more you do something, the more you the, the more you do a certain thing, the more you're gonna do it, right? And they yeah. say if you wanna break a bad habit, you wanna make that habit as hard to get to as possible. If you wanna build a good habit, you wanna make it as easy accessible as possible. And just to, to kind of loop around what you were talking about and to answer your question, I think it's a large scale is like we as like, at least in America, is like if we're not doing something that's like tangible or we can market or get instant gratification from it. It's very hard to do, you know, like yeah. we, we want that. We want that. Like we want that money at the end of the week. We want this. We want that. And unless you are marking down what you mentioned, like our progress, we don't see it in the mirror until months
1: later, you know? Yeah. And having a checklist. I mean, if you want to talk about the neurology of it, if they know that if they do this and they're going to check it off they're expecting a hit of dopamine and neurological that's addictive. So that's yep. one way to install check behavior. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's always
0: checking. Like, I am checking. too. I, if I don't write it down, it's not going to happen, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, and also, so what I do is, uh, I just have an app on my phone and there's apps mm-hmm. that you can do. Uh, I think it's called, shoot, let me, here I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pull it up. It's, it's called a uh, done. And what uh-huh. it does is you can pick, you literally can pick, uh, you say a habit and then or whatever you need to do or whatever you want to do. And you can pick if you want to do this daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. And then you literally just click it and you say how many you want to do. So say, Hey, I'm going to ride my bike three times a week. Every time I do it, click and then it, boops. Okay. That's one out of three, two out of three, three out of three. Dope. So something like that, where it's like, um, it's right here in my hand. I can see it. I can check my progress. And, and, but I think the bigger thing out of even the checking it is meeting the person where they are at Mm -hmm. and not giving, I would rather honestly give someone less than they can handle to start than too much. And they fall off.
2: Yeah.
0: 100%. So if someone comes to me after two or three weeks of me get, or, you know, a a week or two after I give them something and they're like, dude, this is too easy. I'm like, awesome. Let's do, let's move to the next step oh my gosh, this is too easy. Awesome. Let's move this set. And then all of a sudden they're coming up with things. They're like, well, what if I want to try to do this? Or like, I have this habit. How can we break this? And then the ball just gets rolling,
2: you know? Yeah. So I'm going to change gears and ask you a question uh, just back to the exercise prescription topic. Um, Let's just say you have a performance athlete that's starting to get nagging pain in, let's say, the elbow. During pressing movements, but they have a meat coming up. Yeah, I'm throwing a curveball at you. Okay. Um, so, what would your prescription exercise prescription look like if they have a meet coming up? Let's say in the next month or two, and they're having it like elbow pain every time they're benching and overhead pressing.
0: Okay, so uh, first off, I'm gonna have a conversation with them, saying, "Hey, these things happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, pain is really complex. This whole situation is really complex." The worst thing we can do is freak out you know this is a common thing happens to a lot of people especially when we're training hard you know mm-hmm. um the second thing i'm going to do is we're going to talk about where these pain where the pain is happening and especially during the movement and looking at looking at the movements and saying hey at what part of the movement or at what tell me about when these pains are happening mm-hmm. so if uh and i'm not i'm not coming up with this on my own this is uh they have Barbell Medicine, you guys are definitely familiar with these guys. They have an awesome kind of step-by-step way they go about it. I think it's awesome. I think, and I use it with my clients too. So the first step, and they have an article that is awesome. They posted, I think a month or two ago uh, on this topic actually. But the first step I do is say, hey, is this getting irritated by a certain weight that we're doing, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, oh, I can bench 225, but right when I put 250 on it, my elbow starts bothering me. If that's the answer, the first thing we're going to do is just kind of ease back on the weight or the intensity on the bar. And -hmm. we're just going to work in that range of uh, pain-free, you know, or manageable pain. Uh, I'm not expecting everything to Mm -hmm. be 100% pain-free, and I don't want them to have that expectation either. Mm -hmm. But I don't want what we're doing to continue to aggravate it, especially the next day. So Mm -hmm. that's a good test too, to say, hey, Uh, you know, my elbow feels like this today, let's do something. If the next day it feels about the same or it's better, that's a good sign that we're doing, we're moving on the right path. Mm -hmm. If it's even more irritated, maybe we did more than you're ready to handle the last training session. Mm -hmm. So first thing, find a weight that they can do Mm pain-free. If that is, you know, they have to take it down 50 pounds. That's awesome. We can still train the movements. It builds up and most of the time these things go, the cycle happens and they're back to training normal in a, in a couple sessions maybe, or even a couple weeks, but we're not changing their program a crazy amount. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second option is say, Hey, we can't really find a, for the competition lift, we can't find a a weight that we can do the normal movement at pain-free, but my elbow really hurts when I hit my chest or when I'm paused on my chest on the bench. So we're just going to find a range of motion that they can do that's pain free. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say, Hey, okay, well on your chest, it bothers you or right when you start pushing off your chest, it bothers you. But when we take the bar two inches off your chest and we do a pin squat or we do put a block there and we do a block not squat bench press a <laughs> pin bench, uh, or a block bench press, my elbow doesn't hurt. Awesome. Then we're just going to obviously use RPE and rate of, you know, rate of perceived exertion, Be smart about it, but we're going to load that variation. And then we're going to, as time goes on and we're kind of staying away from that position or posture of your elbow during that movement that's irritated, we're going to slowly, uh, poke back at that position Mm -hmm. and then reintroduce it. And, uh, most of the time it just gets back and it's fine. Um, you know, uh, I think I like to use the analogy of we want to poke it, not punch it. And I right. think if we just keep say, you know, pain is weakness leaving the body, we're just <laughs> going to keep going after it. That's just punching it in the face, and most of the time, that doesn't help the situation. Sometimes, sometimes, uh, you know, the next day you're like, oh wow, that helped. I just kept training. Yeah. But um, I think finding a very vari- and then finding a range of motion that doesn't bother. But if you can't find a variation or a range of motion that doesn't help it. I think then moving to a different variation is beneficial. And mm-hmm. so, you know, okay, when I bench with a barbell, even if I'm any range of motion I do, it hurts, but then I go and I do the, a dumbbell bench. I don't know, something with my change of position on my forearm or something about the uh, different movement feels better. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That still bothers it. Oh, but the chest press machine feels better. Awesome. You know, just trying to find something that they can continually uh, work towards those same muscle groups that we're trying to hit. Right. But we're uh, not punching it. We're poking it. Right. At the thing. And, and I think um, when you look at a competitive athlete, especially coming at them with the meat coming up, specificity of the movement is very important. Mm-hmm. So if we can keep that as specific to that movement or that movement pattern, I think that will work towards uh, more success in the next couple of weeks.
1: You literally described how we go about the same issue. I think on Monday we did a post and we literally gave the three same examples. Adjust the load, aka the weight. If that doesn't work, adjust the range of motion. If that doesn't work, find a variation that you can do pain-free or manageable pain and there oh. you go. It's nothing yeah, and fancy then,
0: and i think uh, we're actually going to have a guy on uh so i have a podcast and we're going to have a guy on and talk about uh the uh concept that rest is not always the answer and when something's irritated its the answer is not ice it and rest for the next couple of days because we we need to keep movement is so huge movement is important not only the mental aspect of you know, okay, I'm moving this and it's not broken. Mm-hmm. Just the the detraining effect and you know, a couple of days is not gonna detrain detrain your body a crazy amount. But you know, if someone has back pain and they're like, I can't do anything, I'm just gonna rest it for a couple months. Well, when you come back, you know, when you look at like acute chronic workload and like the what you were re- what you were ready to handle, and then mm-hmm. you take all this time off and then you try to jump back to where you were before, that doesn't seem to work very well. Um, Just in the fact of uh, you putting yourself in a situation to do things that you're ready to handle. If that makes sense. Rest is almost never the answer. You know, it's an important thing, obviously recovery, but uh, I don't think that uh, resting for extended periods of time puts you in a situation to uh, succeed in it something that you're doing in the gym if that makes sense
2: so now that we're under the umbrella of recovery what are the things that you mentioned to your clients about optimizing their their performance when it comes to recovery eat and sleep
0: yeah uh i'm not super huge on uh like the foam rolling and the massage stuff you know what if you have time in your day and you want to uh you want to go and you want to end your workout with a foam rolling or you want to go get a massage. Awesome. Go do it. I, you know, I don't think there's anything crazy about it, but, uh, if it helps you relax or it just is a nice way to end your workout and it feels good. I'm cool with that. Uh, but the main thing is, Hey, how much are you sleeping? Okay maybe let's sleep a little bit more than four and a half hours a night. Let's, you know, let's bump Mm -hmm. that up. Let's Mm -hmm. try to find habits that we can do to build so that you're going to bed earlier or what do you need to do in the morning so that you can sleep an extra 30 minutes. Or, you know, that's, you know, that sleep is tough, especially when uh, you're working with people who, you know, have kids or have full-time jobs and all this other stuff or in college and, you know, have to study and everything. Mm -hmm. But also uh, the big thing that I'm realizing is, how much people are not eating enough mm-hmm. and you know the big thing especially when it comes to strength training is how much protein are you getting in and so well, i you know that's one of the first things i talk to people about is hey how much protein are you eating let's just do a daily log just log how much protein you're eating oh shit you've been doing can i cuss on here yeah it's yeah. <laughs> You've only been eating 60 grams of protein a day. Well, okay, we might have something to work on here. So, you know, working towards, hey, you know what? Everyone doesn't need to be eating a gram of protein per body, per their body weight. But uh, I think working, uh, eating in that, uh, especially when you look at some of the uh, sarcopenia literature, uh, I think they want, like, they recommended 0.6 to or 0.8 to point or 0.6 to 0.85 or something along that range mm-hmm. of grams of protein per pound of body weight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're a 200 pound guy eating somewhere on that 150 grams of protein a week or geez, a day, a day. So um, something like that and working on eating more uh, eating better quality of food though. Um, I'm not a, dietitian so i try to stick kind of stay in my umbrella and not uh you know i i'm not telling people what they can and can't eat Mm -hmm. uh but i'm giving recommendations and saying hey why don't you try to eat a little bit more protein hey why don't you eat a little bit more carbs you know before and after your workout something along those lines get those calories in yeah
2: another thing that i that, that needs to be addressed with most people and it kind of goes hand in hand with sleep is just their overall stress levels i mean you know, people are always at this high, high state of mind when it comes to, well, ca- caffeine, everything, right? Like they're yeah. sprinting to and from work. They're always upregulated. So when they try to go to sleep, they can't, you know? And then they always, they look at you like you're crazy because you get your average seven to eight hours Like, well, How do you do that? You're a magician. No, I know how to regulate my sleep, you know?
0: Yeah. I, uh, you hit me in the heart here because I, <laughs> I think that describes my situation. <laughs> kind of really, uh, really difficult. Uh, you know, I, I probably don't get as much sleep as I should. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think a lot of people probably uh, have more on their plate than they should be handling at the moment, mm-hmm. which at some in, in some aspects, are we going to be able to stop that? I'm not sure. And I think our society and culture, just in general, like you said, is just go 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 go.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I think for me, the big thing is I I am really trying to get people to slow down enough to exercise, mm-hmm. and that's a huge win in their factor or in their life and for their quality of life. And if if we can adhere to exercising regularly, the next step is say, hey, okay, let's look at some of these other aspects.
2: Right. Right.
0: And, So, yeah,
1: that's where sleep hygiene education comes in. Oh, yeah. But it's something hard.
0: Yeah. I mean, you guys (laughs) understand with school and then you guys doing all this content stuff, it it takes a lot of time and um, uh, sleep sometimes has to get sacrificed. But I'm trying to do a better job of getting to bed earlier. So, I mean, we're all
1: we're never going to have like a perfect sleep schedule, but we can optimize it as much as we can but we're never going to have eight to nine hours of sleep. Well, yeah, and
0: you can just, you know, I can stop scrolling on Instagram for, for an hour day and get, get a little bit more sleep, but yeah, yeah. so
2: It's always like talking to a wall, you know? Like, I always like specifically talking to, like, let's say my family members about it. They just, they already have a preloaded excuse. It, it's just weird to me that, like, it's like they hold this, this time awake sacred. It's like, you know you're not doing anything. Yeah,
0: yeah, well... That too. And, and that goes for, you know, I, so I'm sure you guys get people to messaging you all the time about, Oh my gosh, how do you make content? Like, can you help me make content? And it's like, especially like the students. And it's like, you know, I'm just as busy as you are. Right. I'm just not watching television. I'm not watching TV or I, I'm not sitting on my phone as much as you are. And I'm, you know, getting my shit done and mm-hmm. going from there. Uh, I think the, and someone actually, a mentor of mine uh, challenged me to do this and I, and I haven't, but you know, I, I think about it throughout the day is take a, make a uh, list and keep track of every 10 minutes, what you're doing in your day. And it will literally blow your mind how much time in your day you are wasting. Mm-hmm. You're like, Oh wow. I'm so busy, but I just sat here for 15 minutes scrolling on my phone, mindlessly scrolling. Wow. Okay. I could have spent that 15 minutes doing anything,
1: anything. else. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So um, I, I think that the excuses are super easy to find. Mm-hmm. I've already, you know, I've already made an excuse that I'm super busy about my sleep. Um, but I think that when you look at your day and your uh, daily habits, there are a lot of things that you could fix to make time to go to the gym, to make time to prepare meals, to make mm-hmm. time to, get an extra hour of sleep. So
1: Yeah, I've I've had quite a a decent amount of people, like, ask me, like, oh, you're a student, you have a podcast, and you guys create content. Like, how do you do it? And honestly, it's all about time management. I, I always think there's no excuses, and I hate, I hate, totally hate that people are just complaining about how hard school is and how they don't have time to do anything. And But we have, like, one or two hour spans breaks in between classes, what you see them like just going out just hanging out instead of putting in the work now or studying or yada yada doing yeah. everything you need to do and then they complain but i mean we we do pretty good in school we have time to go to the gym almost every single day we create content we have a park. it's all about time management and i think most importantly priorities
0: yeah and i f- i found that like during breaks in my school like winter break my when I don't have a set schedule, oh my gosh, I just lose. I, I need a set, like, I do better um, when I have more on my plate same. than when I have, you know, oh my gosh, I've got all day to do this. How the hell did I not get it done? Yeah, but it's like, oh, I I just studied for seven hours now, I'm gonna spend from nine to 11 working on this. I gotta get it done, boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom. Awesome, I'm getting more done, and and like. From a business and content making uh, point of view, I enjoy the weekdays more than the weekends because during the weekdays, I get so much more done Mm -hmm. in the weekday or weekends because the weekends happen, oh, I need to study. I've got this family thing. I got to, you know, fiance stuff and like all this other stuff. And it's like, oh my gosh, my day just went by and I don't have anything versus, okay, Monday morning, I wake up, work a little bit, go to school. Go, go, go to school, come back, study, boom, nine o'clock. I'm gonna work from there, you know, stuff like that. And, and I, the, you said the gym thing, and that also hits a chord with me too, because I don't know your guys' experiences, but I personally think if you are in a physical therapy or chiropractor or any medical schooling, yep. you should be exercising regularly and yep. setting an example. Mm -hmm. for your future clients (laughs) and if you can't find time because you're so stressed out about studying Mm -hmm. how do you expect your clients who have a full-time job five kids uh spouse and uh you know what insert whatever other thing Mm -hmm. to find time you need to you need to Make it in your schedule and set it in your schedule and
2: go work Could, out. could yeah. you imagine that conversation where it's just like, hey, I need you to work out more. It's like, well, why don't you work out? Well, I'm busy. <laughs> you, know, yeah.
1: you can't do that. No, you can't at all. So. I, I think it was Seneca or a He's a stoic philosopher. He said, don't uh, preach your philosophy, embody it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's huge yeah. when it comes to our professions. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and if people complain that we're quote-unquote busy now that we're students in real life, in work, it'll be worse. Oh, it's you're going to have less free time, so you're going to have to make the time.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think you just need to set it in your schedule and have something to check off for the day and say, hey, okay, I'm going to go work out. Mm-hmm. And also when it comes to that, having a coach and having um, someone who is going to hold you somewhat accountable- yep. And someone who's like, "Hey, why haven't you worked out in the past three days?" And you're mm-hmm. like, "Oh shit, okay, all right, I'm gonna go. No, I'll go train." You know, yeah. You know, having that second accountability is huge too. Yeah,
1: so. accountability is huge. That's right. I have a less
2: uh, sophisticated quote. I really like. I embody the idea of like nobody cares. Work harder. Yeah. I really like that I, phrase a lot.
0: I'm I'm a big fan of that too. Uh, I think the excuses for everyone can pile up mm-hmm. really, really easy and really, really high and nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
2: I mean, I, I enjoyed this conversation, man. Yeah, Me too.
0: I, yeah, it was, it was where good. can
2: everyone find you?
0: Yeah. So, um, I am on basically every social media. Uh, you can find me at, on Instagram my big one, uh, at Mark underscore new world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a podcast. It's uh, the New World Podcast. Um, we're doing similar stuff to you, same, similar topics. Uh, so you can do come check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, YouTube at Mark Manera. Twitter, Mark underscore New World. Facebook, New World Training and Rehab. And Mark Manera too. So everywhere. Phenomenal. Yeah.
1: We're going to hyperlink your Instagram awesome. account to the yes. show. Notes, so do thank it. you.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me on. This was awesome.